Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What is the most resilient parasite? Bacteria? A virus? An intestinal worm? Uh, what Mr. Cobb is trying to say. An idea. Resilient, highly contagious. Once an idea has taken hold of the brain, it's almost impossible to eradicate. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. Right in there somewhere. Hello and welcome to the 18th episode of AI Movie Night. I'm your host, Joe Simpson, and tonight I'm lucky enough to be joined by two great guests to discuss Inception. Firstly, I'm joined by co-host of the AI Comic Pod and host of the Cup Matches podcast, Rory Greenfield. How are you doing, Rory? I'm good, mate. I'm glad to be back on for, I'm not sure, eight, seventh, I don't know, it's quite a lot now, but oh, I love coming on, mate. So Well, love having you on, mate, so thanks very much for coming back. I'm also lucky enough to be joined by host of the AI podcast, Marco Lopez. How are you, Marco? I'm tired, because this is the second mm-hmm. night in a row. <laughs> uh, uh, it's one of them. Uh, at least you're talking about things you love, and obviously... On the back of that result, uh, it, it's enjoyably tired, I imagine. Yeah, totally agree, totally agree. And, and this is one of my, uh, one of my favorite movies, I have to say. Oh, well, thanks, thanks to you both for coming on. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Obviously, like most of the films we discussed, there's so much to discuss about this film. So I won't waste any more time. I'll get straight into it with my usual starting question of, can you remember when and where you first saw Inception and what you thought of it at the time, Marco? Uh, 
funny enough, I I hadn't seen it on circuit or anything. So uh, the first time I watched it was uh, at home uh, with my wife next to me, which is uh, I suppose quite cute. Um, but I just I just remember being being completely blown away by it. Um, I'd heard good things, and 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 obviously, um, you know, uh, it it was the film along with uh, you know what that uh, really sold me on Christopher Nolan. So I just remember being totally blown away by the scale mm-hmm. of it and. And it was a very, very, it's a very, very clever film. So really enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. What about yourself, Rory? Can you remember when or where you first saw it and what you thought of it? Yeah. So I, um, I went to the Dark Knight um, at the IMAX in Manchester. Um, I think that's probably the first time I've been to the IMAX, or at least as a like a full, full feature that was in in IMAX. Um, yeah. This, I think that was out in 2008, and then this came out two years later, 2010. Um, and I, it wasn't exactly the same seats, but it was practically, <laughs> um, because I just saw, I don't know, the sheer scale of it. And I, I remember thinking back, and I, I've thought about this a few times when I've done this pod, that, I, I, I you know, trailers did exist then, um, and obviously, you know, where – more when you went to the cinema, I think, you know, obviously YouTube was around and IMDb and stuff, but it's nothing like what it is with social media now where you get trailer after trailer um, and you get, you know, all the information and especially doing the, the comic part, obviously that's hugely marketed and publicized and stuff. So I think for this film, I'd heard about it and I knew it was Nolan, but I'd, I'd no real concept of what it was going in. I knew it looked, great because of it's a Nolan film and watch the prestige and Batman begins and dark Knight and, and et cetera. Um, but I, I was as, as Mark, I was completely taken aback by it. Um, it's just, it was stunning at the cinema and it's stunning anytime I watch it, if it's on an iPad or telly or cinema, wherever. Um, but at the cinema in that scale in an IMAX, um, I just remember the visuals just completely knocking my socks off, as well as the the music, which we're going to discuss, and, and pretty much everything about it. I'll be honest. Yeah, no, the, uh, I echo that really. I, I think uh, it's it's one of them films, particularly if you do it the way you did it, with not not knowing an awful lot about it before you see it. It everything is surprising then, and I think beyond knowing who directed it and who the cast was, and obviously. Both those things made me excited to see it. I didn't know a great deal. I normally avoid spoilers anyway, but for this one, a bit like yourself, I knew very little about it, and I think that 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 made it an even more enjoyable experience, particularly in the cinema. Like you say, IMAX. It's one of the films when I think IMAX, I think of this and The Dark Knight as two of the main ones that you know really reflect how good that IMAX experience can be, and just you know everything about it. You know the script. The score, the cinematography, the performances—they're all excellent for me. And and I think what's what's great about it as well is, um, as well as having such an interesting, intelligent idea, and and then having the amazing special effects to pull it off. There's a real heart underpinning it, and I think that elevates it so much. So it's already got so much going for it, but that heart mixing as well makes it a rare, a rare type of blockbuster for me. So now, uh. Uh, I totally echo both your points. Obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a complex film at times, and uh, you know, the, there's so many different strands to it. 
a lot of people feel that on rewatch they get a, a lot more out of it. Is that something you've experienced, Rory? Oh, completely. Um, it is. It is an extremely complicated film, and obviously we'll go on to discuss certain mild elements of that. But mm-hmm. I don't think you could ever go into into the deep psychological elements of the film um, and the twists. And I think when I first watched it, I, d- I didn't quite get the going between different levels uh, on the sleep, you know, with different people being put under um, and how, and obviously it tries to explain me things, how, you know, if you're dreaming, you know, five minutes of, of, of real time is, is an hour when you're asleep. Um, and obviously the layers they go down is, is the longer they, the deeper the layers, the longer the cycle and things like that. So it, it does, it does show so much complexity when you first watch it. And I think, I still think even watching it this weekend, I still think there's occasions, even I've watched it half a dozen plus times where you watch it and you'll get something else out of it. And that's the complexity of, of the layering of the film. Um, and I think that's just, I think that's why it's, you know, all Nolan films have got that element about them. Um, the prestige certainly takes a couple of watches to, to get your head around. Um, yeah. but I just, at times I can't really even believe that this film exists. And I know that sounds quite bold because cinematography and, and cinema, modern cinema has come on hugely, but just the complexity of the whole film, um, and how it was shot and the different elements to it. Um, and obviously there's quite a little bit of green screen involved and we're going to talk about that. Uh, with the different layers and, and different elements of the the action, but it, it's just it's just on another level. I mean, it's 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 a masterpiece of modern cinematography, um, and yeah, you've got to keep watching it because it just gets better every time. If you ask me, yeah, I totally agree. And it's funny, uh, I, I, I could tell you, you maybe thought that was a rare force, and it, and it may well be, but that's that is the exact force I had. Uh, uh, you know, while thinking about this. I couldn't believe it had been made because no. I think I've mentioned before, like one of my favourite uh, lines on film is by uh, Alec Baldwin. And he said something like, you know, some people don't recognise that just to get a good film, you need so many people to do a great job. And obviously then to get a great film, you need so many people to do, a, you know, an outstanding job. And I think it's a bit like that with this when you think of, because straight away, having seen the film, I think, God, that's an amazing idea, that. But then to have the the sort of skill and the special effects to bring it to life in a way that, you know, really works and uh, captures dream these different dreamlike states, you know, it is amazing. But then to say, well, as well as that, I think the cast got something like three Oscar winners and, and various nominees in. And it's like to get a cast like that and then to get that Hans Zimmer score. So many things are, are just fantastic about it, bringing together to make this great idea really come to life. And, and like yourself, every time I watch it, I, I notice something new that I've missed previously or I, I get a deeper understanding of something I maybe didn't fully understand before. What about yourself, Marco? Uh, I think what's interesting is sort of figuring out the details for me the first couple of times wasn't, wasn't too tricky. But, uh, as, especially the, the recent watch, uh, I noted two things. The one is how Nolan loves to play around with certain concepts. He's always playing around with, 
with deeper human relationships, particularly around parents and children. Uh, it came across really strongly in this film. It's, it's, it's even come across in, in, in recent Batman films, obviously. Um, and Interstellar, which is another one of the ones I like. Uh, you've, you've also got this, this, this very intriguing, he loves playing around with that concept of time as well. And, uh, it, it's also yeah. quite a powerful, a powerful element here. And, and, and I think, I think that that was the interesting thing about, but the most recent rewatches are sort of, I mean, I'll, I'll explain it a little bit later, but it was just striking to me how much I actually started relating a lot more. Uh, I think in the first watch, uh, I, I probably related a lot more to some of the, some of the accessory cast, but, uh, the recent watch, I really related a lot to, to Cobb himself and to Mole herself for different reasons. And uh, it was quite interesting to sort of go through that because uh, when I first saw it, I wasn't a parent yet. But now being a parent, it's just quite interesting to sort of get some other dynamics because you you suddenly find that, that there's things that happen in your life that, that make you appreciate just what why certain people would, would make certain choices that Cobb and Mole uh, seem to make in this film. I think that leads us nicely onto the the next question there, Marco, about the you know the character of Cobb and obviously DiCaprio's performance. Clearly, particularly on later viewing, that really impressed you, and and you know, you really really got you fully interested in that character. What 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 would be your, if you could just expand on those thoughts a little bit, please? Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's funny. I'm I'm actually a big fan of Leo. I think uh, a lot of his films mm-hmm. are, are pretty decent. He 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 doesn't. Uh, he very seldom doesn't do a particularly good job. I think he he plays a lot of these intense roles really well. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of his a lot of his darker stuff, Blood Diamond, comes to mind very very quickly. Uh, is stuff I like as well, just because of the fact that he's 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 quite good at delivering. Uh, you know, some of those portrayals and, and sort of this very intense, very serious character with the was sort of considerable character development and depth. Uh, I think what's interesting about this is he manages to make the role very personal, which is kind of what he should achieve because, you know, for me, Inception is a story of two father-child relationships delivered via this, you know, via this awesome sci-fi crime thriller. But really, it's 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 about Cobb being, to some extent, selfish bastard because he's taking these guys for a ride while he's fundamentally just trying to, to, to see if he can get back to his kids. Uh, and then, of course, Fisher. And I, I think, I think the way Leo portrays it, he, he, he tries very hard to not reveal too much, even to his trusted associates. It takes someone who was considerably more skilled than him, clearly, in, in constructing these dreams to suddenly figure out his, his, his little secret. But at the same time, I, it's interesting, because clearly he's, he's a very skilled dreamer, if, if, if that's a, a, a skill to, to note here. And, mm-hmm. I, I, I really, it's, it's, a, it's a bit scary, I suppose, but I really did relate to this idea of, well, if you've got this ability to, to transport yourself and, and your loved one into this, um, almost mythical world which you can create, why wouldn't you? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very compelling character arc and it's quite a, it's quite a sort of existential thought, but it, it really is quite a, quite a, quite a deep layered thing. And I think he, he, he translates that really well. I, I I was sold in the desperation of him trying very hard to convince Mole of the of the reality of the situation, but at the same time I I can see why he would have been uh, uh, really skilled at, at manipulating people into into trying to uh, take them on this journey so that he can get back to his kids. So so all of it I I, I was pretty convinced by. Yeah, no, some some great points there, and I particularly like that one you mentioned about you know. It's quite brave for a Hollywood film and for an actor to 
he is playing someone, as you say, who's very selfish in some respects. Obviously, he's, you know, he, he tricks his team, doesn't he? He tricks his team about, mm. you know, the consequences of what they're about to do. And, you know, he's, and when it gets exposed, he's very open and honest about that because of that overriding desire to see his kids. And, you know, and I like that it, I like that it doesn't shy away from that. You know what I mean? It doesn't, although we do, you know, because of the, the, the charisma and the performance and, and because I think ultimately he is a good guy, he's just ended up in this horrible situation by what happened with Mal. But I, I like the fact that it, it fronts up that, yeah, he has tricked his team for this, this desire to get back to his kids. And I, I think watching that in his performance and also obviously his constant battle with, Paranoia and guilt, particularly on on second watch. Obviously, when you know a lot more about what's going on for him, it, it's just a really excellent performance for me. What about yourself, Rory? What are your thoughts on uh, the character of Cop and obviously DiCaprio's performance? Yeah, so I, I think this is it's quite a, um, a, a turning point in his career, really. So he did this and Shutter Island same year. Yeah. Um, now that film as a parent. Now that yeah, I watched that. I watched that in South Africa actually when I was on my honeymoon, but, um, and I didn't have kids at that stage and then watched it again subsequently a couple of years later with kids and it completely changed his perspectives actually. Um, but he did those in 2010. Um, and I started to see a different side of DiCaprio because he is known as being charismatic. Um, but Nolan almost in this film wants him to be well, pretty serious throughout. Do you know what I mean? He's the focused yeah. one. He's the driven one. He's the serious one. Mm-hmm. Whereas he lets kind of Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Tom Hardy have that kind of more charismatic part to the mm-hmm. film that actually you could see Leo in a in that Tom Hardy role oh, quite yeah. effectively. Actually, you know, he, he's got similar traits as an actor. Um, and like you said before, with the cast. If you just list off the cast members in this film, it's, mm-hmm. it's incredible casting. Um, but DiCaprio's performance itself and, and the character performance, um, I think it's incredible. I think the intensity shows throughout, um, the scenes in particular with Marianne Cotillard are just, uh, just brilliant and, and the intensity as it goes on. And as Marco said, um, all the elements with Ellen Page are, are vital because she, starts to unlock the secrets of what's going on in his mind. She, she's almost the person that guides him through it. You know, she she knows he has to accept certain areas and certain elements of, of his mind and his subconscious. And, um, yeah, she's vital. And, and I think she's one that probably goes under the radar a little bit because she, isn't, she was quite left field for a, a, a casting of this kind of size and scale of film. Um, but she's excellent and, and uh, their chemistry works really well and, and guides the film kind of excellently as it goes through right towards the end. Yeah, no, t- totally agree. Totally agree with, with those points. Um, and obviously you mentioned then, um, the character of Mal and Marianne Cotillard's performance. And of course that, that pivotal relationship between Ed and Cobb. Rory, would you like to expand on that a little bit on your, your thoughts of those things, please? Yeah, of course, mate. Um, she, she's, she's pretty scary. I'll, I'll admit, she, um, she is so intense in times in this film. Um, the scene when 
uh, Alan Page goes into his dream, um, which is his own personal dreams, and he's got it on different levels in a kind of lift. Um, and she sneaks away, goes and goes down to the basement to, to where, you know, her suicide happened. And she, she goes out with the, the kind of broken wine glass. That is seriously intense. I was, you know, hearts racing at that moment in time because it's earlier in the film where she gets stabbed by her and it wakes her up. Um, and I think as we're going to talk about it, but I think the score is what makes it. I think the intensity of the music in this film, um, it puts you on edge at the right moments. It really does make, you know, that's what great music score can do to you. Um, and her performance throughout is, is very succinct with, with the actual music and the depths. And it really does interlink if you watch it very closely, which I've tried to do to kind of analyze it properly. Um, her storyline is, is obviously vital and she's, she's a mainstay. She's in the film a lot. I think when you think about it, you think, oh, she's not in it a lot, but nearly every key act of the film, she's, she's present even, you know, at the beginning and right through to the end. So you've always got this. She's almost, she's the villain as such, which is bizarre to think, but it's very clever, very clever take on, on having that kind of, villain and that kind of fear in the background at all times because you know you know she's in his subconscious so she can kind of appear at any stage yeah no uh, a good point Dan. with with it as you say it's such an interesting thing with her being the villain but she's so tragic and obviously he's got this guilt and obviously this 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 real deep love for her and affection as well and you know so it's it's a very interesting take, as you say, on a villain because it's never just the classic villain. He he, he always has this sadness and sympathy and guilt for her, and I think it's so well acted, as you say, because although obviously she is a projection, she doesn't really have any. It's not like you see certain films where the villain or will be you know extremely powerful or strong. She's she's just another person, although it's a projection. But the intensity, like you mentioned, of the performance makes it petrifying. You know, she she she, she doesn't tend to have a gun and things like that. I think there's a couple of bits with a gun, but the, none of the the sort of scarier elements of it ever comes from what she's carrying. It's just her and the level of you know aggression she has, and you know the directness of it as this projection. It just makes it such an interesting performance for me. And obviously, as you say, it's fascinating as well that for the vast majority of the film, it's not actually his wife. It's just his projection of his wife. And, you know, that, that's really interesting to see as well. What about yourself, Marco? Well, she's, uh, I was going to say, she followed on that whole villain thing pretty well with playing Talia Al Ghul in, in Dark Matter. <laughs> so she's, and uh, I loved her in that. She she is brilliant. She is really really cool. Um, she's one of my favorites. She she's uh, easy on the eyes. I will I will say that. And she she, she captures uh, the premise of being lost in limbo superbly well. And 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 again, I think I think it's it's highly watchable. It's highly poignant and it's really emotional the way that she portrays it because you, particularly uh, uh, in the combination of that end scene when she when the final confrontation happens, it's clearly been been needed. You, you do get 
the sense of this person who uh, uh, just wanted to run away to this to this world created by them and 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 got so enveloped in this in this idea, and it's and it's a bit of a mind job which you've you've obviously got to take a step back and 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 then think about. But she just portrays it so well, and 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 I totally get uh, what Rory was saying about you know the, she she becomes this the, this antagonist in all the different levels. Uh, the 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 most striking moment for me is 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 on the third level, um, which is uh, sort of that icy, wintry type of setup. Where I mean, it's just it's it's weird. It's it's almost predictable that she chirp and 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 interfere and, and shoot Fisher as she did, but at the same time, you kind of like anticipate it with a with a certain sort of sense of nerves, and you're like, oh crap, now what's going to happen? And, and this is going to interfere with the plan in a really bad way. Because already from the first level, when 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 Saito uh, gets shot, you're you you know you're starting to worry. She's she's really good, and and um, it, it it adds so much dimension to the film. And and also, I think what's great about it as well is that throughout the movie, obviously, it's very easy to 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 get lost in all the sci-fi tech stuff and and the crime <laughs> caper of it. Because of her, this becomes a very personal story, a very emotional story. And yeah. th- that's one of the lovely things that I love about all the Nolan films because he seems to have a really good skill at that. All all the films that he does tend to sometimes have this grander scale, but they come right down to people. Uh, whether it's Dark yeah. Knight, whether it's Interstellar, it, it always comes right down to people, even if the scale and the grandeur of the setting or the or the premise is is, is larger than life. Yeah, no, uh, very well put there. I think I think you're right. It, it it elevates everything. All that other stuff obviously is impressive in its own right. But when you've got those, you know, that emotional story behind it, and I suppose well, it's a it's a really sad tragedy, isn't it? You've got these lovers having fun and experimenting together in a dream world, and then it goes wrong, and you know they actually do live a a really beautiful lifetime together but then in trying to bring them back to reality he causes the thing that will ultimately end her life and completely change his life and then you see him struggling with the effects of that you know just going through that that experience must have, would be horrendous but then to have to try and come back to the real world and and be away from your kids it just it packs a real punch doesn't it emotionally uh, obviously we, we've mentioned so many of the the interest and characters and performance in in the films. Are there any ones we maybe haven't touched on, Marco, or any you want to talk about more than we've mentioned? Just very quickly, uh, Ellen Page, brilliant as the architect, and she's the perfect sort of techno shit character to figure out carbon <laughs> and anticipate the help you'll need, and 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 she's fantastic in that. She's she's just a very 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 skilled actress. Um, but <laughs> yeah. the, but the one who really stands out for me, I love Eames. Tom Hardy is so funny. Oh. His banter with Arthur is hilarious. There's the <laughs> kick, there's the kick, uh, uh, when he sort of kicks the chat from Andrew. Uh, the free champagne comment when, when they arrive in, in, in Yusuf's dream and it's raining like hell. Um, <laughs> then of course, mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. Um, oh, brilliant. <laughs> I thought that was beautifully <laughs> executed. And I think what's interesting as well is, uh, is, is in that moment, he, he also proposes that, that critical conclusion that Fisher needs to come with the idea himself. And, and there's almost that condescending, uh, comment from Arthur to sort of say, Oh, well done. And, and it was just, <laughs> it's it, his reaction to Arthur throughout the film is so, so funny. Oh, no, I, I love that relationship as well. I'm glad you mentioned it. Uh, that sort of grudge and respect 
but enjoyment in you know taking the mick out of the other person it, it's just it's so good to watch seeing them uh, you know trying out with each other so no i i love those performances as well what about yourself rory well, uh, I obviously going to mention Tom Hardy, but I, I'll mention his, his sidekick as such or partner is mm-hmm. um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who I'm a I'm a big fan of. Um, I was I was hopeful, which I've discussed uh, many times with Stu um, uh, on the comic pod about him going on to become Robin in some guys because obviously he plays Blake um, in in uh, in the Batman film. Um, he works extremely well with Nolan and I'm hoping they do team up again in future because he, he's a, a really exciting actor. <clears throat> he's in that generation where, you know, he's, he's probably not a DiCaprio Hardy level. Um, he's a little bit, he's very charismatic and, um, but he, but he, he's done some wonderful films. Um, and him and Alan Page are, are in that kind of niche, uh, area, which I think is great to kind of cast people like that in this film. Um, and then Killian Murphy, who Nolan clearly, uh, clearly adores, uh, along with Michael Caine, who's in every film of uh, his. Um, but Killian Murphy's, is great in this. He's just so suave, um, in his role. And so he plays nervous and, and very unsure of himself. And obviously, uh, you know, coming to reality that his father's died and everything else, but some great moments with him in the film. Um, and you know, uh, I'm quite proud of him as an actor because he he comes from quite humble roots and he's gone on to to you know become this a bit like Tom Hardy. Um, and you you can see that Nolan kind of rewards that and um, gets the best out of actors. You know, a, a director who has the right script, obviously all the right background, but unless the actors deliver, then you know it's it's not worth anything do you know what i mean the film would yeah. feel really hollow unless all of the actors delivered on their levels um and each of them do um including ken watanabe who's again popped up before in a uh in batman begins and um really strong actor uh he's great in the last samurai if you've ever seen that film oh, I love um, it. yeah um and he's in a lot of he's in a lot of obviously uh Films with, you know, the Asian casting, but he's, he's an excellent actor and I think he holds, he holds the film well. His role's good and he's got, there are some humorous lines in this. There is an edge, like you said to it. Um, I think when he talks about, you know, if you, you rented the plane or bought the plane, you just bought the airline, <laughs> which I just thought, is, how much money has this guy got if he's just bought an airline? Um, and he's obviously got all the power. That's the interesting thing about him. He's got the power to make that phone call. Do you know what I mean? To, to allow Cobb yeah. back into the US. Um, and the film obviously starts with him and, and almost ends with him. So he's, he's again, a lot of those actors are, are pivotal because it's like a cycle, this film. And you, you see him at the beginning and obviously you see him in that as extremely old in the beginning, you know, first scene kind of elements. Um, and then right at the end when he's, you know, I don't know, live for a hundred years or, or whatever. It's, it's, it's interesting how they made it work. Um, that ending, I'm sure you can discuss that on a, <laughs> on a, on a pod for the whole hour, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but we'll get to it later, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, no, to- totally agree with all, all, all both your thoughts on, on, on the performances in this film that, you know, they're so good. I think it's like, uh, obviously, we talk a lot of football and it, it, it reminds me of like when you've got a team where like 
every player is completely comfortable in possession and will elevate the abilities of the people they're playing with. And, and that's what these actors are like, you know. You, you, you could watch any of them in a scene with any of the others and it just makes them both raise the game and just, you know, just it's fantastic. Like even just little bits like where Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, and Ellen Page are, are, are together at times and like so, some of the conversations they have and the bit where he, he steals that kiss and things like that. Just they're just, you know, real magical moments and just you, you just have fun watching some of these actors perform together it's just uh, it's really good to see and I'm glad that uh, Cillian Murphy got a mention as well because I think you could in some ways that's a pivotal performance in the film because if you don't buy that relationship with his father and the turmoil he's in and, and how he feels a lot of the weight of the film wouldn't be there and I just think he's so good and 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 it's it's so sad some of the scenes where you can see the real emotional toil of what he's going through and 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 what his relationship with his father's been like. So now I'm glad I'm glad that got a mention as well. We're now going to discuss some of the most memorable scenes from the film. Obviously, there's so many memorable scenes, and unfortunately, because of time, we can't discuss them all. But it's nice to to dip into a couple of them and and just see what what the guys' thoughts were. So, firstly, we're going to start with uh, Rory on your thoughts on our first real introduction to the to the dream world, and which obviously culminates with Saito realising he's dreaming. Yeah, again, it's a great opening scene because it, it lays out almost everything you need to know about the, the dream state initially. So, um, you understand uh, after not long that, that they're dreaming. Um and you understand about the kick elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you see them obviously on the train. So it's a dream within a dream. So it's, it's showing the complexity already at that point. Um, you get introduced to, uh, you know, Marion Cotillard straight away. Um, and, and almost understand her, her relationship. Um, but it's the, the part of the opening scene that gets me is, is obviously when there's a riot going on outside and at any moment, you know, the, the, you know, the gangs, the protesters, whatever can, can storm in the room and you already feel that tension. Um, but you feel them desperate to get that information out of Saito. So they're going to those extreme lengths and throw him to the floor. And he recognizes that the rug, um, <laughs> which again is quite humorous. If you, you think about it, it's a level. Um, it, it's not, he realizes he's, he's in another dream, you know, um, and that's the clever element of it because you've already gone, wait, they've created this. This is, you know, they've, you know, someone in their mindset, um, you know, the architect at the beginning has created this, this landscape. Um, but they criticize him because he's not got the, the, the carpet right, the rug right. Um, and that just shows the kind of level of complexity. And, and it, it just, it already interests you again, you know, the violent things going on outside. It is, it's got, it's an action film as, as such as well. Do you know what I mean? So you've got those yeah. elements about it and the pacing's really quick. So there aren't many parts where you, you know, it doesn't slow down. You know, there's a lot of dialogue. It's, it's, it's a long film, obviously, but it does like to include that action because that's what it wants to, to keep you on the edge of your seat as such. Yeah, totally. And uh, as you say, it's really good the way it manages as part of these action scenes to 
to tell you who these characters are, what the rules of the world is, you know, if it, it hurts, if you get hurt, if you die, you wake up. The threat of Marl, it tells you so much in amongst these scenes without it being like a, you know, a sort of boring exposition scene. It's all as part of the actual action. So it's constantly on the move and yet you're learning at the same time. And uh, I just think it's, it, it's so well done how it achieves so much in that, in that scene. It's just uh, masterful, really. What about yourself, uh, Marco? Yeah, that uh, that initial bit reminded me so much of The Matrix, which is another favorite of mine. Uh, oh, yeah. In, in, in respect of how it sort of introduced the, uh, all the rules, as you say. And I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. There's, there's certain films that I watch and there's a, where there's a moment in them that, that sort of sells me and keep, keeps me interested. And, and it's at this, you know, what's great about this, this particular sort of sequence and scene is that it, it's, it's unusual enough that it sort of says, oh, okay, what's this about? And then as soon as it suddenly sort of brings in all these other elements, particularly by the time uh, the kick happens and you start seeing, uh, all the water sort of explode into that, uh, uh building, uh, with Leonardo, with Cobb looking, looking, uh, sort of ominously at, at the water starting to seep in through the walls, you, um, Immediately, I was like, "Oh, okay, this is going to be cool," uh, and 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 it's just at the point in the movie that had me sold, and, and I knew this was going to be just a very, very, very interesting film. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. And I like how you mentioned as well the the cutting between the different layers and the different things happening is done so well that you 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 take so much in while still you know understanding what's happening at different layers obviously at times it does get a little bit confusing later on as it gets more and more complex but i think unraveling that's part of the fun but it's just so well done what are your thoughts on cops recruitment and training of ariadne as an architect marco it's brilliant uh i it's 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 obviously quite a it starts out really really funny because you 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 sort of get the sense okay well clearly this kid's gonna to to do a a far better job in the maze than she's trying to draw um But eventually, what's in, or what's nice is the, is the fact that it, it, it becomes a, a mechanism that the film uses not only to introduce the character, but also ease, ease us into the understanding the rules of the world. And critically, um, what's great is that she displays her spirit of curiosity and intelligence to figure out Cobb a lot faster than he anticipates or allows, which, as we know, yeah. is obviously quite important with uh, with what happens later in the film. Excellently summed up there. What about yourself, Rory? She's she's terrific. I, I I love the fact that I don't know he sees fit to pluck an architect from that. He's an architect. Do you know what I mean? I know it sounds a little bit silly because you know it's it's amazing that they go for real life architects who can build <laughs> with their mind. It's quite incredible that you you look at it from that concept. I like even the you know their introduction where he asks her to um draw a maze that he can't solve within a minute i think it is and he's already asking her to think outside the box so she goes square he solves it within seconds and and tells her to go again and, and she she invents one that's circular the paris scene you know is already you know it's it's one of the most pivotal scenes um and i know i think we're going to talk about effects uh shortly and that's that's part of what really interests the whole element that you just see her mind working as she's building and designing um and and the way it works in that kind of time and tempo is it's just it's really really impressive um and that's what she's good at she's quite playful and it works really well in those scenes 
and then you see a little bit more depth from her as 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 obviously it goes along because at first she's not expected to be on she's just you know there to design it but obviously she becomes more uh you know deeper into the the cause and and comes along and and becomes pivotal characters the scenes play out really yeah no couldn't agree more and i think you 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 touched on something that uh, i know we've touched on earlier as well but it really sums up why this film's so good it's it's impressive anyway you know seeing how intelligent she is and you know the way she solves those problems or creates those problems for him to solve in a certain time and then obviously he's a hard taskmaster at first he's not impressed but then she she blows him away so that instantly excites you because if he's impressed she must be amazing and then it goes from that to when they're obviously in paris and a lot of the stuff is already impressing and sort of the intelligence of some of the things he's saying about these worlds and and that type of thing it's already impressive and you know i think we would all be the same in this you're loving the film at this stage and then she lifts this part of the city up and you just go wow you know it's like it's already doing a great job and then she does something that just is so fantastical and looks amazing it's just like the icing on the top and it's just you know it, it elevates what's already excellent to being you know breathtaking and no, it, it's so well done. And I like as well the way we've talked a little bit about the interplay of the characters. And, you know, I like the fact that Nolan, as you've both touched on, he, although these are intelligent films and there's a lot of action and, and various other things, he always brings in a bit of humour that I think the film needs. And like the bit, I love the bit where uh, he, he explains projections and she says something like, you know, they're going to attack us. And he just goes, they're going to attack you. And it just, <laughs> yeah, you know, I just love that, the way it just takes it on the ways and he sort of has a chuckle at it as he says it. And just, no, just it, so, so good, that scene. I absolutely love it. Now I'm going to look at, obviously, the dream with, with uh, Silly Murphy's character of Fisher. What's your favourite dream level and why, Rory? I know it's hard to say because obviously they're, they're intermixed, but is there any particular one that stands out? Do you know, the one that stands out to me, and they've all got different elements to them, but the one that stands out to me is the kind of Bond snow level. Oh, it, yeah. It felt to me like a scene out of Goldeneye, um, the classic same. N64 title. Oh, if, same. Um, it does honestly feel like that. Um because it's got those elements for the AK-47s and the, the kind of cross-terrain vehicles and the, the skis and that that and the bunker kind of element to it. So it really oh, did yeah. feel like that. That scene just, I, I think it took me unawares because, you know, even Fisher has a line of couldn't any of you sort of being on a beach um, <laughs> at that stage or dreaming, dreamed of being on a beach or whatever. Because obviously, you know, you've seen the kind of urban side of it and the, the polished hotel but i don't think anyone expects to suddenly come to this level where it's it's you know the snow and the avalanche happens and it's it's again the pacing there is what's clever about that level is there's a lot less dialogue it's it's obviously deep into the film but it's when the action kind of kicks up and and the whole pace of the film is is intensifying at that stage and i just think all the aspects of that it's it's leading up to you know, what you want to find out and the vault. Um, and yeah, I thought it's, it's a really excellent level, but like you said, there are elements on other levels and 
there's one particular that I'll I'll talk about if we talk about effects on in the hotel and yeah and and even at the even the beginning level when the train just completely <laughs> takes them you know by surprise and and there's elements to that that you just yeah it's it's very intriguing but um, the snow level is is awesome for me yeah no that 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 that's the one for me as well I think. Partially because it's such such a great contrast to everything else before, and I think, like you said, funnily enough, it reminded me of of Gold GoldenEye the game and and those particular level you mentioned. But and funnily enough, he did say uh, Christopher Nolan it was uh, uh, influenced by On Her Majesty's Secret Service, so there is a, a legitimate bond. It, it, it does feel like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it does genuinely feel like that. Yeah, no, yeah, totally agree. Well, what about yourself, Marco? My answer's weird. I, I'm fascinated by Limbo. I think it's a very, very frightening place. It's a fascinating place. Conceptually, some of it reminded me, again, going back to a Matrix reference, um, the motivations around Cypher in the Matrix when he, when he wants to stay plugged in because that's the reality you like. And Limbo seemed like a very lonely place when you, when you look at it. And, and, and yet it's, it's, it's so interesting. The, the, the things that are in there, the, the, the memories of particular homes and houses, I find it quite, because, you know, if, if, I would imagine if all of us were, were sitting around try, trying to sketch what our ideal sort of place in the deeper recesses of our dreams would look like, I, I don't know if, it, if we would necessarily call out all the places we lived in, but it would make a lot of sense to actually, you know, bring them in. It's just so interesting to see like these huge, massive expanses of cities with barely anyone in it. And, 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 and the, 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 there was very much an eerie sense, uh, a little bit like, uh, again, to sort of bring in a, a dark tone, kind of like a city in The Walking Dead, but with absolutely no one in it. Just like this sort of ghost town and, 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 and just yeah. quite a scary concept when you, when you think about it. And, uh, and, and, and also the other thing was also interesting is, is for me, it's just the fact that it's obviously quite a very personal element and, and, and a very personal thing. Uh, because obviously this is very specific to both Mole and Cobb and, 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 and the structure and the, the, the design of the place. Uh, the, the way that also there's, there's all these little visual cues that, that are meant to play with the, each other's minds. And um, particularly Cobb in respect of, you know, looking at his kids. Uh, I thought, I thought the whole thing was, was quite interesting, but at the same time, really, really scary. <laughs> I, I think, um, just to touch upon it, you know, when they, they, they land there in the final, you know, chapter and they, they land in the ocean and come off the beach and it's all just crumbling around them. That is incredibly impressive. That just yeah. looks otherworldly. You know, it's like something from, you know, from Blade Runner or all your classic sci-fi films, you know, and that's what this film is. It's, it's a science fiction film, but it's a sci-fi film on another level at times. You know, it's, it's taking all those elements that classic films did, but putting them on a futuristic scale. And yeah, it looks, it looks incredible. And, and Limbo does intrigue you most. It's the one that gets your mind working the most because of those personal elements, as Marco said. Yeah, no, great points by you both there. And it's got, as you say, it's got that, that sad history as well, which gives it, you know, an extra depth, but also it's just fascinating. It, it, it is, it, it's this weird sort of contrast. It's, it's, it's a scary concept that can go on for, you know, a lifetime or more. 
and you can't get out, but yet at the same time, you can have the power of a God there, but it shows you that the power of a God, when you're on your own or when it's not real after a while, can be like a prison. And uh, it's such a, uh, I totally agree with you both. It's so scary. And I love the fact throughout the different layers and at different times in a film, it'll, it'll drop in like, you know, things that just give you an extra element of, of what can be done in a dream world. Like, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but, like, there's a bit where Cobb says something like, we wanted the benefits of a house as well as a city apartment. Mm. In the real world, you'd have to choose, but here you can have both. And it just just an amazing concept, obviously so scary, but with so much potential as well. So, no, I'm glad, I'm glad you both mentioned Limbo there. What about... um your thoughts on, you know, finding out that Cobb caused Maul to lose touch with reality by incepting the idea that a world wasn't real in her mind. What were your thoughts on that, Rory? I think it kind of hinted at that from quite early on. You know, I think you, you get the impression where he said he's used it before. And, mm-hmm. and I, I maybe the first time I watched it, that didn't trigger. But but yeah, you kind of get the you know impression that's that's what had happened. But it doesn't make it any less intense because essentially he's still blaming himself for the fact that she committed suicide um and we haven't really talked about it but that scene where she jumps off the rooftop is just um oh, yeah. it's just har- it's harrowing it's heartbreaking and you know we're all uh you know family guys and and you know that, that does it would ring true if something ever would happen and um and just the intensity of it is just uh, just shocking to watch. Um, and that's where Leo's performance is, is incredible as well, which I didn't mention before. He's, that scene alone is, is real emotion. But you just know he feels guilty for it, and you know in his own mind he's trying to make it right, but he can't ever kind of truly let it go. You know, he, he's never going to let it go. I think you know in reality that he's going to live with that for the rest of his life. He'll blame himself and... Yeah, it's 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 pivotal to the film because it does it needs to be told, even though you think it, you know, it does need to be spoken. Yeah, no, it's summed summed up excellently there. What about yourself, Marco? I thought about it a lot, and and what's interesting is for me just 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 in terms of logic, taking it down to a, to a, a relatable level. For me, it's all about unintended consequence because there's actually a lot of logic to his strategy there. But I mean, mm-hmm. how is he supposed to know that's going to happen? I mean, and 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 in that respect, you know, you you you're now in this very sort of far gone situation. You know, you sort of need to get back to reality, so to speak. You need to stop the dream, and 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 it's just such a tragic, tragic consequence. And I think it's quite an inter- it's quite interesting how then the movie plays around with that guilt because the funny thing is. Uh, again, it's 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 motivated uh, almost in a mirror image by on the other side by the other father son relationship and Fisher being being guilty for not living up to something. So on one side you've got Cobb feeling guilty because he felt it feels like he failed to protect his wife, and the other one you've got Fisher feeling guilty because he didn't live up to his father's expectations. And and and, and the reality is, you know, the funny thing is one of them. Uh, uh, sort of comes away with this, with this overwhelmingly, uh, overwhelming epiphany of, 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 of hope and promise. Whether that's his own doing, we don't know. I mean, that's obviously the whole point of the movie. But, mm-hmm. but in, in, in respect of Cobb, it's just, it's, it's, it's such an, 
it, it's relatable for me because I'm sure all of us can think of uh, moments in our own lives where even in something grounded in reality, we've had unintended consequences to something really personal to us that unfortunately didn't go our way. And in and, and this particular case, uh, a massive price was paid and, and, and it turns out to be a, a very powerful dynamic for, for, for the relationship and, and for what the movie is trying to say about about these two people in particular. Yeah, um, as you say, it's um, it's so sad that obviously this this tragedy came from him trying to to save the woman he loves, and it ultimately destroys her and his life in the process. And I think that that's such a powerful thing, you know. And as you say, he could have no real idea of of the possible consequences of that. And I suppose it's another one of those things that comes up in films of messing with things where you don't fully understand what you're what you're messing with really is something so powerful and obviously you know it it, it, it's also just a scary concept in general watching it to imagine you know what what she went through you know the how how horrific it would be to have an idea growing in your mind so powerful that you can't overcome it and it is continually there telling me your reality is fake and i think the acting by by both those people is is so good that it it really sells it to the to the level that you you believe everything you know you believe you believe exactly what what the film wants to convey and just so so impressively done. Obviously, we've touched on these type of things a few times up to now, special effects, because obviously, as well as all the other things that are so great about it, the special effects are are amazing. Um, do you have a favourite at all, Rory, of any of the special effects that you'd like to mention? So, yeah, I'm going to go back to the hotel. When the van flips and it completely changes the gravity um, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's mm-hmm. having those fights, you know, in the kind of uh, the hallway of the, the hotel on that floor, it's just it's just incredible. And I've seen footage of it and it's to do with wires and Obviously, there's some green screen involved, but it just feels so real that if you're in that situation, you know, that's what it would be doing to you. You know, it would be, and it's not just gravity where they shove them up on the ceiling. Um, it's almost Spider-Man-esque, which I think Marco will appreciate. Um, <laughs> it is at times, man. He's crawling on the ceiling. It's incredible. Um, and it's the way they kind of, it's almost rotating and he's, he's having to adjust and adapt and, and they're trying to fight. And it's obviously unconventional fighting. It's, it's using gravity for you and against you. And those, those scenes just are just subtly just brilliant. Um, really, really intelligent use of, uh, you know, of production and, and film and, and, and modern. You couldn't have done that. Do you know, that's, you know, the matrix set some benchmarks, but. You know, something like that, uh, with the complexity involved is just, it's just on another level. Yeah. No, it's so, so impressive. And uh, again, it's another one of those things where they're impressive effects, but the fact that we know the peril all the characters are in and also the fact that, you know, we understand the reason for why this world is now turned like that. It, it just all works together to make it you know, greater than the sum of its parts, which are already really good. And it's just, yeah, no, unforgettable seeing that. What about yourself, Marco? Yeah, it's it's the same one. I mean, the the, it, the only thing I probably just sort of add to it is is just the that whole sequence within all the all the various kicks coincide, and then it just oh, amplifies yeah. the, the 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 tension of it. 
And then you've got Arthur now trying to figure out, okay, fine, I've got no gravity. What do I do with these guys? How do I get them to experience a kick? And just, and just the, the, the way the special, I mean, the funny thing is you don't even notice the effects anymore. You just bought, bought into the whole tension of the whole sequence. Yeah. And, yeah. and you just, I mean, you're sold by all the different levels. You're waiting to see all the, all the, all the different elements. You've got limbo completely collapsing in on itself. You've got, uh, 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 all these random explosions flying off in, in the On Her Majesty's Secret Service reboot. You've got, um, <laughs> uh, the, the, I mean, it's just, it's just all really, really, really cool. And it's just like, uh, and, and even the fight itself, it's, 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 it's very, the, the, the fighting, uh, that, that, uh, Joseph Gordon, the level produces is not, I, I, I don't want to say it's, it's anywhere near in the same level from, from a skill perspective, but the, but the visceral nature of it, Kind of almost harkened me a little bit to what stuff we've seen in Daredevil, um, just in terms of that that close quarter intensity, yeah, and, and and having to adjust to the environment, uh, it, it it really was cool. It really was cool. Yeah, no. Can can we tell Paris then? <laughs> I yeah, go on. Then it's gonna go Paris. Um, go <laughs> so we we touched upon Paris, but um, the the obviously the the. Well, even before the, the pioneering moment where the, the ceiling introverted on itself, um, the, the explosions that happen when they're sat at the cafe because she realizes she's asleep. Um, and obviously it's, it's the body kind of counteracting itself. They're incredible camera work. And that's again, they're real explosions. Um, I think she got hurt actually doing that the first time. Yeah. Um, not majorly, but to, to capture those kind of, you know, elements and everything exploding is, is, is remarkable. Um, but then obviously when, when it collapses in on itself, that's when you know, like Joe says, especially when I was at the cinema, this film is, this is next level. Do you know what I mean? This is incredible. Um, and then she starts obviously toying with the other areas, even the bridge, you know, coming up on its, you know, by itself in front of them. And when she, she produced the, the glass door and the mirror, um, it's just, it's just mind blowingly incredible. And it's not effects for effects sake. That's, that's the big thing. I think we've all said throughout is all these elements are done just to enhance the experience. They're not, showing off to say look what we can do because there are certain directors uh, you know in hollywood that'll dream for the effects and that's what they'll live for and that's what they'll produce a movie about just the effects really um this is about the film and the people and the script and the narrative but it's taken to that next level with the effects and the music and, and all all of it encapsulated and that's why you know we've been waxing so lyrically for the last hour or so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad you mentioned Paris as well that's that's another fantastic scene with so many great effects so no and I totally agree about as you say it's it, it they're all in service of the story and the characters they're not just as you say to you know show this is the amazing effects we can do Obviously, they are amazing effects, but they are totally in service of the story, and it just makes it all all the better for that. Obviously, one of the things helping the story and the effects come to life even more is that fantastic score by Hans Zimmer. It's one of my favourites. Are, are you a fan at all, Marco? And if so, what what do you feel it adds to the film? In <laughs> my opinion, have you used have you used it on the podcast, or was that the Dark Knight? Uh, I, I, I used, uh, in my European pods, I used a, 
a Junkie XL remix of Dream is Collapsing, which obviously was a <laughs> collaboration between Handsome and Junkie XL. Um, I'm yeah. a huge Handsome fan. I think uh, a lot of his, a lot of the music adds massive character to, um, to the films he does. Both of you already know how I felt about, uh, the, the Wonder Woman theme in, in the recent BBS. Oh, yeah. So, um, and, and, and just he's, he, he's got an incredible ability to, to create a certain mood. Uh, it reminds me a lot of, you know, like, for example, in Lord of the Rings, you had, um, the, oh, the what a score that is. It's, 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 <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. So, 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 so for me, so sometimes you have, uh, uh, um, uh, well, I think, I think there was Howard Shaw though, but, but, but where it I was, was going, yeah. where I was going is, the the sometimes you have in certain movies uh, other intangible elements that, that are part of the setting they almost become a character in themselves. Lord of the Rings, the setting, the environment is like that. I think in, in Inception, the music is that. It's it's, it's almost a separate yeah. character that almost becomes part of the storytelling process, and it it just it just amplifies everything because on the ground this movie is a science fiction crime thriller with these sort of noir style elements. But the soundtrack amplifies its actual scale to become something a lot bigger. So when you finish watching the movie, you don't feel like you've watched something sort of tight and gritty like Blade Runner. You feel like you've watched The Lord of the Rings in this weird scientific dream world. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, make, makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> um, what, a, what, what about yourself, Rory? Yeah, I just echo that, to be honest. Um, Mark is bang on. It, it feels... I think, I think Lord of the Rings is, is, uh, strangely, but surprisingly good comparison. Um, because with a film like that, it's all about the environment. So it's quite playful when they're in the Shire and then it's, it's, it's darker in certain other elements of the film. And, um, you know, it's, it's quite foreboding in certain, you know, it's certain sections. And it's the same with this film. I, I think the soundtrack is, it's just evident throughout. But particularly when all the the kicks are about to happen, yes. it's just it's just incredible because it has you on the edge of your seat, and that is what the soundtrack does. You know, it, it's constantly reminding you of the tension and the timing, and that they're running out of time, and everything's very paramount, and they have to get it done. Um, and it just builds that tempo, and that's where. You know, and we've not even talked about you know, production and and the way it's shot because it's it's fantastically shot throughout. But um, the way it skips between those scenes and and it never feels rushed, but you do feel like you're in a hurry. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah, very yeah. cleverly done. Um, but the, the the soundtrack is 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 pivotal and the music is pivotal to that. Um, and even all, I mean, you know, everyone talks about soundtrack and, and that's always the case, but. With Nolan films, even the, the sound effects are just on another level. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I think, I think it's won Oscars for sound effects and, 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 and of those nature because everything is so crisp and clear. Even, even gunshots on a silencer, um, and the tanks and the voices and, and, and throughout it's, it's a really, you know, you, it's a kind of film that, that actually did IMAX justice because you could pay 15 quid for a ticket and feel like you've been ripped off, you know, watching a film. Yeah. Whereas that I'd go back and watch it every day of the week at IMAX because it's just such a, a stunning experience with that sound quality and, and that score throughout. 
yeah, no, great points by you both. I can, I can only echo them, really. But uh, I can't mention Hans Zimmer without giving credit to, I love this one, his greatest work, the going for gold theme. Do you remember that one, really? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know it? Oh, don't know whether it was bigger, bro, than outside of Europe. Do you remember I, it, Mark? Oh, South Africa was caught. That's a very funny thing to bring up. Um, is, I, where's, I, where's Hans from? Is he, is he German? I think he's German. I think he's German. Because there are links with British and, and obviously, you know, works closely, you know. Um, yeah, no, the going for gold thing is so random, mate. It, it is. I, th- I think he also played some part on uh, Buggles' uh, video Kill the Radio Star as well, which is another bit of... Uh, I love things like that when someone you wouldn't think of as involved in something else didn't, that doesn't didn't seem... Nolan? Didn't Nolan start out as a a director of, of music videos, or is that another... I'm uh, not sure. And, and, I know Fincher did, and, and I, see what I was thinking. Did. I was thinking of Fincher. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. of Fincher. But I do love things like that. So, so many of them start in places you wouldn't, you wouldn't think of. And obviously, uh, would you be in a Mancunian? I, I, I love the fact that uh, I think it's Johnny Johnny Marr on guitar for for time. Excuse me, I live in Manchester, but I'm not a man How oh, are you now? I, no. I, 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 I thought you was. No, I'm well, from like, I'm from Lincolnshire. I'm from like the Shire. That is Marco. Oh, That'd see. be the equivalent of the Shire. Um, yeah, exactly. Just because my two kids are Manx doesn't mean that I'm a Manx. I'll disown them in a heartbeat. Don't worry about that. Fair play, mate. Fair play. Well, I do love Manchester and obviously I love Johnny Marr as well. So that's another oh, little sound. Yeah. Oh, he's brilliant, isn't he? We can't finish without asking the big question. So at the end, when he's reunited with his children, do you think he's genuinely got back home or is he just dreaming? Uh, I'll start with you on that, Rory. You had to come to me first, didn't you, on that one? (laughs) (laughs) I like to think he got back to his children. Uh, I I think the slight wobble of the, whatever it is. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The The slight wobble is what, what makes you think he's, he's back to reality. It it is clever that it takes you on that journey, but yeah, I like to think that he is. I've read a lot of different theories about it and there's, Lots of different complexity. The, the thing about Saito getting particularly old when Cobb's not as well, that does throw things a little bit yeah. um, at the end. But, um, yeah, I, I like to keep an optimistic head on things. If if you know me about my football opinions, you'll probably mm-hmm. see the same in films. So, yeah, that's pretty much me. I like I like it, mate. I like that positivity. What about yourself, Marco? Yeah, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it. So oh, the, I knew you were going to kill it. So, so the theory goes that he's not dreaming because he's not wearing a wedding ring. And, <laughs> and, and, and that obviously becomes a, one of the little details that people like to cling on to. I, I think Nolan deliberately keeps it ambiguous too, to obviously play with the, with the crowd. But I, I can't help but look at the fact that, you know, Saito fundamentally ends up, um, ends up sort of, uh, uh, killed in, in, in each layer, layer of the dream and it, it's, 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 never, it's never clear to me if, if he actually does have the power to just effortlessly get, um, get Cobb back into, in, into the United States um, it's, it's also I mean I, I don't know what to make of, of, uh, of the kids 
um, finally turning around, he finally sees their faces. It could be because he's back in reality, but it could also be because he's finally at peace with, with Mole. So mm-hmm. there's, uh, there's a lot of dynamics. I just, my, my instinct says it isn't. I don't have a lot of good reasons why, why to say that, but I just, I, I don't think it's real. I'm sorry, Rory. <laughs> sorry, just remind me when you're positive about Ben Finkel or so. I'll just knock you down a peg or two. It's fine. <laughs> love it. Love it. No, I, I, I like that you both chose, you know, to look at it different ways there. I think I, I, I tend to think he get, he gets home and he's not dreaming, but there are things that make me, you know, have my doubts. Like I think Saito, considering what he's been through, is very quick to come back round to knowing exactly what he's got to do in terms of making that phone call. It takes you know, him at that. least 10 seconds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's He's like... a bit stunned at first, but it takes him at least 10 seconds to go, what am I doing? Oh, there's a phone in my hand. Let me make this phone yeah. call. Yeah, 100 years or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, you, you're right. Uh, it takes me longer than that getting up in the morning, to be honest, never mind after being asleep for a years. It takes me longer years. to turn my alarm off, certainly. <laughs> yeah, no, so totally relate there. But um, also, I mean... I like Nolan's interpretation as well, the way he says, you know, Cobb doesn't look back at the spinning top because he, 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 I think like Marco touched on before, he's more at peace and he's not obsessing over whether things are real anymore. He's just, you know, I suppose as as Saito would say, taking a leap of faith. And I think that's a a really nice way to end the pod. I'm going to take a leap of faith and say that he got back home. So I'd just like to, Thank you both for coming on. Excellent as always. And uh, where can people find more of your work? Is there anything you'd like to plug? And I'll start with you first, Marco. Uh, there, there might be this, this, um, you know, sort of main show pod that I, that I might have hosted yesterday. <laughs> and it might, it might have gone live this morning. I don't know. Uh, but, but if you'd like to listen to the Enfield Index podcast, uh, it's, it's a very feel good pod. Uh, we even managed to discuss, uh, how to manage your career on Snapchat. So it's, 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 there's a couple, <laughs> there's a couple of funny moments. So, so do give it a listen and support the lads, myself, uh, Alexei Yaroshevsky and, and Gadrinko. No, I, I, I'd echo that. It's, uh, there's, there's even a nice optimistic shout for us winning the league, which it was great to hear. So fully <laughs> recommend that. Yeah, um, I'll just I'll give it a slight spoiler that it's it's R rated for for Yarrow's <laughs> exclusives. Yeah, enthusiastic yeah. man, isn't he? Um, <laughs> if I've got anything to plug, um, no, not particularly. Um, we've all moved on from from Derby County, so um, and I'm unfortunately away when we play Spurs next time, so I won't get to host a bigger. Cup podcast, but hopefully we'll we'll navigate that round and I'll, I'll get a quarter final. Comic pods due. We've got some stuff coming up with Marco in a few weeks. We've got Walking Dead to come, um, oh, and we're looking at Doctor Strange uh, quite soon coming up late this year. Uh, a couple of articles from me coming out on comic side of things, maybe film, and I've had a recent footballer one out, so there's little bits and pieces of me. I oh, look looking forward to all of those. Uh... Thanks once again to you both for coming on. Thanks to everybody who listens. Um, really appreciate it. Um, please keep your feedback coming either to my own account on Twitter at Joe Simpson 79 or at AI Movie Night. Thanks once again. This world is not real. To convince me to honor our arrangement. To take a leave.
leap of faith, yes. Come back. So we can be young men together again. For your small business, if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 